the Zone Sports Network is taking you to the movies. This is the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and the Zone Sports Network. Welcome in. It's the Movie Zone. Austin Horton, Johnny Lightfoot with you. Hi, Johnny. Hey, buddy. How are you? Well, I'm doing great. Uh, and first and foremost, we got to start here. I'm doing a lot better than I was last week. You know why? Why is that? Because you and Thorough Bailey warmed my cold heart <laughs> that's three sizes too small. Oh, thank you. With your uh, your online concert for the Tooele City Council. Correct. That is correct. And uh, you can still see Johnny and Thorough in action on YouTube in perpetuity. Yes, it's going to be uh, rebroadcasting. It's called, if you search uh, Holidays at Home with Thorough Bailey, or you just jump on the Tooele Facebook, or I'm sorry, YouTube page and become a subscriber, you can see it again. And then after that, it will just be forever and ever up. It's It was a wonderful concert. It was you, a lot of fun. And you guys aren't done. No. You and Thurl this no. holiday season. You we, got more coming up. We're doing some for the Miller's uh, Food Drive. And so we're, uh, we're going to have that as well. But it was a lot of fun, man. If you don't, you do not know Thurl as a singer, if you only know him as the jazz analyst or even the jazz basketball player or the Timberwolves player, you're missing out. Yeah, and I heard Hanson Scotty talking to you about this on their show earlier in the week, and I, I was a little surprised that neither of them really knew the depth yeah. of Thurl's musical talent. He's He is extremely talented, obviously in the basketball world, but also in music. He was a great basketball player. Yes. But in my humble opinion, he's a much better performer than he was a basketball player. He, he is so good. And and yeah, a lot of people don't know And he know was him. a great ball player. I of don't course. mean to no, disparage no, that. No, no, not by any stretch. He is just an all-around talented person with a beautiful baritone slash bass voice. And a great heart. And he's, great, all, he's yeah. a great songwriter. He you know? uh, Did I tell you the story about uh, my two-year-old girl in Thurl Bailey this last summer? No. Uh, my, my aunt watches... Uh, our, our daughter a couple times each week while we're at work and she took her with uh, to to a, uh, a basketball game mm. of my cousins and all of a sudden everyone fell to a hush in the crowd and in walked Thurl Bailey and everyone it was like a, a celebrity walked in everyone oh, got quiet yeah. oh that's Thurl Bailey Shit. and it was really quiet all of a sudden and my two year old <laughs> she's the most friendly happiest kid in the whole world <laughs> she stood up on my aunt's lap and said hi hi hello Oh, that's hi. awesome! Until he turned and acknowledged her and said hello. Oh, and that's hi. And beautiful! Everyone started laughing. It was it was great. I that's wish I'd awesome. been there. But did uh, he come over and say hi or something? He did. Yeah, yeah. awesome. Uh, so that's Thurl Bailey. So holidays at home. Hol- holidays at home with Thurl Bailey is how you can search it. Um, it's rebroadcasting in about four days on YouTube, and uh, the first one went off great. It was uh, fun to watch, and I, I actually watched it, even though, you know, part of it, I still kind of watched it on the, the cameras on the side. It was great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we do have a lot to get to today, including uh, two interviews. We'll have David wow. Archuleta. Ooh. You heard of him. Who? And uh, uh, Kaysen Brown of the American Heritage Philharmonic. Yes, they're doing something really cool. We've got Rob Diamond, director and writer of a movie I was able to watch called Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace that we'll tell you a little bit more about here in just a moment. But Johnny, we had a movie zone Sunday night movie showdown. Yeah, you picked them. But I can't remember if this uh, came out on Sunday or Monday. Did I space oh. it until Monday oh. as well? Didn't you give me a bunch of crap about that? I did. Yeah, that's and, what uh, I thought. Uh-huh. And I sent this out at... 12.32 in the morning on Monday. That's Monday. I don't want to hear it. That is Monday. <laughs> the Movie Zone movie showdown this week. Which movie is better? We went with It's a Wonderful Life 
or a Christmas story. Ooh. And these aren't the same genre. They're no. not. But I, I match them together because they're traditions and staples of almost everybody's holiday viewing every year. You cannot miss them. They're always on TV. Whether yeah. it's Christmas Day, the day before, or like August. Yep. Yep. Okay, maybe not August, but you know what I mean. And coming up in segment two, we'll also get to our poll question of the week, which has to do with movies that you can watch all season, all year long, mm. Christmas movies you can watch all year long. And I think a few people may answer with one or both of these. So before before you give the results. Yeah. Um, Who you go, which one you go with? A Christmas Story. It's a better movie than It's a Wonderful Life? No, I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just like it more. Well, that's the question. I just like it more. Okay. You know? All right. I just like it more. So that's why I'm going that way. Okay. And maybe, maybe that's a generation thing. Maybe. I don't know, but uh, you're talking about the original one, by the way, right? Not, uh, there's a ma- remake of A Christmas Story? No, no, the other one. Of a, It's a Wonderful Life? I Is didn't know there? there was a remake. Maybe I'm thinking I'm of I'm talking Jimmy different. Stewart. Yeah, the, right. the one everyone knows. Oh, no, no, no. I, I was thinking of Miracle. I'm sorry. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, there was we a remake that, of Miracle. We did that yes. two weeks ago. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm still going with A Christmas Story. I just I just think it's funny. I love the star suit that he gets put in. <laughs> I love all the bloodhounds that come in and eat the turkey. Because I, I had a bloodhound. I'm a bloodhound kind of guy. I love those dogs. So that that's my that's my pick. Well, uh, I did get one response from uh, who, who said this. Uh, Highlights Ute responded and said, Austin, it's 1230 in the morning. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I think I got a lot of a flack for, for posting mine Yours on Monday. Yours was like 8 p.m. Monday night. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but the results are in. 374 votes. Wow. 63% a landslide victory for a Christmas story. Of course. People like a Christmas story better than It's a Wonderful Life, and I 100% think that's a false positive. Really? I think that this is oversaturation. People have seen a Christmas story more because it's on on 24 hour cycle on TBS every year. Yeah, it is. And they their subconscious is tricked into thinking they like that movie more than It's a Wonderful Life. That being said, I I voted for It's a Wonderful you, uh, a Christmas Story as well. So. <laughs> it's a Wonderful Life is just kind of boring. Have you seen Peter, the guy who played Ralphie, like? Like in today's world, yeah. Not in person, but he still looks like Peter him. Billingsley. Is that, I yes, can't remember. yes, he still looks like him. He well, he did when he was an elf. Yep, as the head elf that says, "You're not a cottonhead in any muggins." Yep, but in the Spider-Man with uh, where Jake Gyllenhaal's the the bad guy. Which one is that? So that was uh, Far From Home. Okay. He is the guy, he's the tech support for the villain. Yes, he is. And he don't look anything like himself no. in that one. But, but, but they put some stuff on him, I think, because he's still got those same same eyes, you know, that you yeah, see Ralphie yeah. have. All right, so there you go. That's our Movie Zone showdown uh, of the week. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life loses in landslide fashion to A Christmas Story. Can you believe that movie was 83? What movie? A Christmas Story. Yeah, that makes sense. You know? That makes sense. You weren't even born? Nope, wasn't. Wasn't born. But that's fine. That's okay. I've seen it enough to, as though I had been born. So. Well, how can you miss? Like you said, it's 24 hours on TBS. Uh, let's talk about some of the movies coming out this week. Uh, la- this one came out last week, The Lucy Shimmers, so I'll finish with that one. But some of the movies that are hitting theaters this week, uh, you've got uh, uh, several that I think 
people are going to be interested in, including a Hail Center Theater original, A Christmas Carol. Yes. We talked about the Forgotten Carols getting the, the movie screen treatment. Now you've got A Christmas Carol from Hail Center Theater getting that. So you got that to go see. The Midnight Sky starring George Clooney. Wild Mountain Time starring Emily Blunt. Uh, you've got Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, the final movie that had Chadwick Boseman yep. in it. That's going to be a tearjerker. So you've got all those uh, and, and others. So check it out online. But also, this this movie, Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace, tells the story of a young girl who is able to see the dead, the dearly departed, and converse with them. And then she ends up in a hospital and saves the, the, uh, the life of a convicted felon that's also in the hospital at the time. And it's a touching story that everyone needs to see. And it's on Amazon Prime right now. I see dead people. No, not like that. Oh, okay, sorry. In fact, speaking of Lucy Shimmers <laughs> and the Prince of Peace, let's turn your mic off. Okay, I'm and sorry. And turn Rob Diamond's mic on, the director and writer of Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace, and uh, it's my understanding the grandfather of that adorable little uh, star, Scarlet, that I was telling you about. Yeah. Rob Diamond is on the phone with us. Rob, really, uh, welcome to the Movie Zone. Thank you so much for joining us, and thanks for putting out such an amazing movie at this time of year. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for having me on. It was a it was a pleasure to make. So, well, tell us about it. How did it come to be? Where where did this story originate? And and what what do you love about it? As a filmmaker, I'm always I'm always trying to find stories. However, you know whether it's a true story or I make it up. But I actually had a dream um, on my birthday last December 18th. I kind of woke up in the middle of the night with this image of a little girl and a sad man, and it just really snowballed from there. And I immediately knew that my granddaughter was going to play the character, and so I just, I just grinded, I pounded out the script in about three weeks, and yeah, I did a bunch of rewrites, but it, it, it just came really quickly. It was, it was, I just downloaded it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, my wife and I, uh, even our two-year-old, uh, was held captive for most of the movie we really enjoyed it and it was really well done sean stevens is a fan or i'm a fan of his he's a friend of the show and he nailed his uh his act out of the out of the park as grandpa jackson but as i mentioned in our intro to you, your granddaughter who plays lucy uh she she was incredible and i can't say that about every child actor in movies that i see but i forgot that she wasn't a five-year-old playing a five-year-old, or however old she is in real life. She was. She looked like a seasoned actress up there. What's what's her backstory? Well, she um, she lived with me, and my wife, and, and her mom ever since she was born. And so she would see my movies growing up. And when she was really young, at age two, she kept saying, "Grandpa, I want to be in the movie, your movies." And so um, I've been teaching film acting for many years here in Utah. So I just started doing light, you know, improv scenes with her. Then I actually started writing little scenes and having her memorize them and then, uh, you know, have her hit her marks. And it just happened naturally. It was like she she just gravitated towards it very, very easily. And so I had put her in another film I had directed last year. Uh, it, was, it was just a one-scene speaking part, but she nailed it. And it was just the next the next step was, when I had this dream, I was like, I know she can do it. I didn't. I, I wasn't nervous about it. I just, I just known she had been around it and that she would uh, acclimate herself very quickly to it. 
Well, you're right. She did. And, and it was a great performance. And without her uh, as the main character having such a strong performance, the movie would fall a little flat. And I'm, I'm glad to say it didn't. It was a home run and a must see, especially at this time of year in this mm. year yeah. that everybody has been experiencing. I, I appreciate it. Yeah, the timing has been pretty incredible. And she, uh, everybody in the film, you know, I thought did a really good job. I love, like you said, Sean Stevens. I've, I've cashed Sean in a number of my films. He's wonderful. And, mm-hmm. and then Vincent Vargas, um, who played the sad man, was, their, their chemistry was so wonderful. Yes. He was so kind and easy to work. That they, they worked so well together. And he's a he's kind of an imposing physical figure, Vincent Vargas. But he's a, a gentle giant at heart. But when you first see him, you're like, oh boy, I'm nervous around that guy. He could he could snap me in two with a, with a beat of his eye. Uh, how did uh, how did Scarlett take to Vincent? Um, There's just like an immediate report. So something really just Scarlett's very unjudgmental. She just mm-hmm. anybody that she's around, she instantly kind of melts their heart and and that's what happened when one Vince saw her and I got them together they were just like two pieces of pod <laughs> and it just it just happened really naturally same you know same with the guy who played the father that was his first film I thought he was fantastic he was Adam Hightower um and the mother everybody just everybody just got along like like a real family it was it was just a, a real neat process to make the film from you know what I call concept to screen now, Rob, I'm gonna I'm gonna change directions here just for a second. You mentioned earlier about you know film uh, filmmaking classes, and, mm-hmm. uh, and you you teaching some of them. So I want to ask you, like, what are you telling students now? And also, how do you feel about this? Seems to be the new trend of no longer movies being in theaters as much and going straight to you know a digital release or a streaming service. Does that does that really matter so much to to the filmmakers? Is it something that is like, ah, oh, I really wanted to be on the screen, or does it not matter at all? Well, I, I think it it matters in the sense um, that you, you always want to see your films on the big screen, but it's not it's not into the world if it doesn't happen. And, and this on this particular film, um, my friend Brandon Purdy, who, who takes many films in the theater, fell in love with the movie, and and we wanted to go theatrical, and you know there there's. There is people that were going to put the money into, you know, printed advertising. But at the end of the day, we decided that with what was happening, it was it was too risky because you know you can't you, you, the, the theaters are all, you can't you could hardly film at all. Right. And right. So there, I think for any filmmaker, you know, the, the dream is to to see it up there. Like we we I did a big screening a couple of weeks ago, and it was. It was beautiful to see it on the big screen. Mm, I bet. But, but at the end of the day, it's okay. A lot of films aren't doing that, and people are getting people are getting accustomed and really appreciating watching watching movies at their house in the privacy of the, and comfort of their own home. So yeah. I think however it gets out there and the most eyes on it is what we care about as filmmakers. I guess I guess the bottom line is, like like you just said, as long as it's seen. Hmm. But yeah. Austin and I are, are big advocates still of going to the theaters. I love seeing movies on the big screen, sitting in the in the really comfortable chairs and listening to that amazing sound. And I know more people are getting that at homes now, but I really, yeah. I really am like pining more and more for more movies to come back and go to that big screen. So I was just curious, like I said, like how the students take that. Are they just kind of... Yeah, this is the, this is what it is now. I mean, you know, there's always a change. There's oh, always we'll a get trend. back to it. I think. I think we're yeah. going to get back to it, but I'm just curious how I people do. do. Yeah. You know, how they take. Yeah, it. I think. 
I think we're going to get back to it. I, I agree with you guys. I love I love the big cinema experience. There's, there's yeah. nothing like it. It's in a chair and, and, you know, the lights go down, the picture comes up, and you're just – you're just enveloped. And I think I think we will get back to that because there's there's nothing that can capture that feeling. No. But I think my students, the people that I train, the people you know that are involved in the business, they're they're just understanding, embracing all the different avenues to watch a film, whether it's on your phone or on you know your television or in the movie theater. People people are looking for good stories, and that's that's where I try to come in because I can't compete with Hollywood on a no. On a budget level, but I can compete with them on really honing my craft as a storyteller, and that's what I'm most proud of. On this, was people like the story's so good, it works so well, it came together, and and that's you know years of just studying story, what works and doesn't work, and and sometimes sometimes you hit it out of the park, and sometimes it's not as good, but it still comes down to story for me. Absolutely, the movie's called Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace. Obviously, we're speaking with. Rob Diamond, who directed and wrote it. Now, just tell us really quick, uh, how can people view this? Uh, right now, there's a number of streaming sites, Amazon Prime. You can watch it for free. Um, I mean, Scriptures, it came out on December 4th, Roku, Christian Cinema, uh, Encourage TV. And then on DVD, you can go to Walmart.com or ChristianCinema.com, and then there's there's more to come. Well, be proud, Rob. It's a great piece. It's a great film, mm -hmm. uh, a film for everybody. And I, I'm serious. I think everyone should see this and needs to see yep. a movie like this at this time of this year especially. So uh, be proud of it, and thanks for the time today. Thanks, gentlemen. I appreciate you. Great stuff there from Rob Diamond, the writer, director of Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace on Amazon Prime right now for free, as you heard him say earlier. And I think a great family film for this time of year and especially in this year of 2020. Coming up next from, from one great interview to another great interview. You might remember him from uh, a season past of American Idol. He should have won. But he didn't. He was runner-up. Utah's own David Archuleta is uh, putting on a beneficial benefit concert this Saturday night. He'll talk to us about it along with the conductor for the orchestra and symphony that night, Cason Brown. It's up next right here on The Movie Zone. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be. You're locked on to the Movie Zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back. Segment two here on the Movie Zone. Johnny Life, Austin Horton with you. Our thanks to Rob Diamond from Lucy Shimmers and the Prince of Peace. Check it out on Amazon Prime or at a theater near you. You're hearing the dulcet tones of our next guest, uh, he's got a Christmas concert this weekend. We're going to talk to him about it. But before we dial out, uh, Johnny, our lesson in music history this week yeah. is none other than David Archuleta. Well, I figured it was fitting. So I'm just going to give some quick stuff so we can get into the interview because I'm excited to talk to him. As you know, David uh, Archuleta got his kind of rise to fame on American Idol Season 7. He was the runner-up and placed second behind David Cook. Where What's he doing now? That happens all the time. That's my point. 
And it's, David Cook was good. He was good. But Archuleta's made a career out of it, and yeah. Cook is cooking fr- French fries somewhere. He's, yeah. So do you like fries with that? <laughs> and also, uh, David Archuleta officially signed with 19 slash Jive Records June 5th, 2008, hmm. which I think really is really cool. His dad was a jazz trumpet player, and his mom sings pop music in both English and Spanish. Oh, wow. So this is where he's getting his natural talent from. All right, cool. Of course, we all know that David Archuleta went to Murray High School. A Spartan. Yes. He's uh, pretty much averaged a 4.0. Of course. and his Because high- well, he's perfect already anyway. And are you ready for this? Yeah. His high school locker number was 607. What does that mean? I mean, his locker number in six, in the, the one he used in Murray High School was why, number 607. Why do you know that? I just, I know. Does the restraining order know that you know that? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> He's on the phone uh, hanging on for us, uh, David Archuleta, and our good friend, Kaysen Brown, the conductor of the Lyceum Philharmonic at the American Heritage School. David, Kaysen, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. How hey, are guys. you both? Hey, thanks for having us. This is great. So uh, we have to start uh, right here before we get the details about the concert and how we can all see it and and uh, get some spirit this this Christmas season. David, my mother is mortified that I'm about to tell you this story, but I'm going to tell you anyway because it's it's part of family lore. Uh, a okay. few years back, I think it actually I think it was a Christmas concert of yours. Uh, I didn't go, but my mom and her siblings and a couple of my siblings that were in town they went and attended and. At the end, uh, my mom stood up. Uh, you got a standing ovation as you as you uh, usually do. But my mom yelled out as she was clapping, "I can't clap loud enough!" <laughs> and we've teased her ad nauseum uh, since that day. In fact, that year for Christmas, wow. someone gave her a hand clapper mechanism thing <laughs> so that she could clap loud enough. That's so awesome. she's she's mad at me that I told you that story. But uh, on behalf of my mother and everyone else in my family, uh, Neener, 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 I get to interview David Archuleta today. How are you, David? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks. That, that story was great. <laughs> yeah. And uh, let's just go right with that. How many times do you get people coming up to you and, go and telling you family lore that involves you yourself? <laughs> uh, you know, I guess it comes every now and then. <laughs> Usually it comes down to when, uh, like, the, my time on American Idol and people's experiences, like voting or just watching the, those kinds of stories. And, yeah, occasionally I'll hear some other – they're fun. I, I enjoy it. I don't get them that often, though, so I appreciate your, your mom's clap story. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and, of course, Kaysen Brown with us, the conductor of the Lyceum Philharmonic at American Heritage School. Is this uh, – Kaysen, is this your first time uh, working with David? Uh, and uh, what, what, is that, what has that relationship been like? You know, this isn't our first time, but it's been a few years. The last time we performed with David, he announced he was going on a mission. It, and <laughs> none of us had any idea that that was coming. But right, at, we were uh, so we kind of have a, a, a you know faith based program, and I got all sorts of of flack from administration about doing a concert on Monday night because. Monday night, right? And I'm like, look, it's David Archuleta. He's going to be a good influence on him, I promise. And they're like, well, we don't know about it, Kaysen, but a few, okay, we'll let it happen. And so we did it on Monday night, and he came and talked to the students. We had a prayer, and it was, like, super spiritual. And then, uh, I mean, some of these some of these students, Austin, are, are you know, college-bound, full-ride scholarships, and then they have to make that decision, hey, am I going to serve a mission, or am I going to take my scholarship? And for David to be up there and talk about 
uh, you know, putting his career on hold to serve the Lord. Uh, I, I just walked back into my, you know, administrator's office with, with my head held high, and I was like, that was maybe the best lesson on putting first things first that I could have ever given my students. Huh. Johnny knows all about that sort of thing. He went on a, a, a how long, how many years mission with Air Supply, Johnny? I toured with them for seventeen years. A seventeen-year mission yeah. with Air Supply. Yeah, serving yeah, serving Supply the Lord of way. Soft Rock. A soft, yeah, Soft Rock love songs and, and uh, all the above. Absolutely. Now this this is a this is a question for either one of you here. But the concert is Saturday night, and just tell us a little bit about what we can expect. Well, uh, well, I'm looking forward to you know Christmas. Christmas are my favorite shows to get to do, so it's great to be back with Lyceum Orchestra and with the Heritage Chorus. And I mean, I, we haven't been—I haven't been able to do very many shows. I mean, no one has really been able no. to do many shows this year. And so I've—I did my first. Sh- well, I start—I just started doing shows with my band again, like socially distanced or online. And so this will be an online concert. But this will be my first time ever doing an online show with a full orchestra and, and choir. Oh. But I think it'll be a lot of fun. It'll it'll be a, a different experience, not having the you know the full audience to react to. But I guess it'll we'll we'll still feel somehow the presence of people watching online. <laughs> it, I guess it'll feel more like a rehearsal in the sense of feeling the feedback of people's response or clap. We won't be able to, maybe we'll need to hire your mom to, to clap. <laughs> <laughs> clap. So, if only she could clap loud. That's mom. right. That's right. So, so David, let, let me get this right. You, this is going to be your first live stream then, correct? No, I, I've had a few from my living room <laughs> uh, over the last half year. And I had my, my first like full, I had, I did have my band members. We put, we did a, I did a solo concert with, them last Saturday. Oh, cool! So this will be my second one with other musicians. Like, like a. This will be my first like full on orchestra. Like I've never done anything like this. You know, we're doing oh, yeah. a lot of first time experiences in 2020. But I think it'll be really cool. I, I think it'll be great. It's it's full on. There's like like a st- kind of storyline in between the songs and different arrangements of these, you know, um, they've taken on my Christmas songs and my Christmas arrangements, but I've made them their own. Kaysen has taken them, orchestrated them, and it'll be really exciting to do. It's it's so much fun. I got a, I've done a few uh, orchestra shows throughout my career as well. In fact, uh, I played at the Sydney Opera House with the Sydney uh, Orchestra for, for three nights <laughs> oh, out in Australia. Dude. And I'll tell you, man, the... the the, the symphony shows are some of the funnest shows I ever did. Now, granted, you can't put on the big rock show like what you were used to, but just hearing that orchestra behind you and just feeling the power of them is absolutely amazing. And I'm sure I'm sure your show is going to be exactly yeah. like this. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, I won the spell, spelling bee in sixth grade. So <laughs> that is important. Often, that's a lie. <laughs> no, that's I, not a lie. I'm a... <laughs> I'm excited because I mean, you, you, we see all of these live shows, right? And it, and it is the living room shows, and it's amazing. Like even even late night television, you're like, oh, I'm watching it from so and so's house. But um, <laughs> we've got a like a five person television crew from BYU TV and a professional videographer and a script, and it'll. I mean, we're trying to go big. I figure if you get David Archuleta in a pandemic, you got to go big. You got to go right. big. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Tune in. And the other cool, the other thing that most people maybe don't realize is that if you're not watching. You miss it because it's a it's a live stream concert. So much is on YouTube now, and it gets sort of re 
um, you know, it goes back up and you can go and watch it any time. And, oh, I was busy eating up my burrito during that time. I couldn't watch. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't miss it because we, you know, we're not, we're not rebroadcasting. If you're not in front of your screen, 7 o'clock on Saturday, um, you're going to miss it. So it's a one and done. It's a concert. Yep. Just like the real thing, only you get to wear your pajamas. <laughs> Love it. It's called An American Heritage Christmas featuring David Archuleta. As you heard Kaysen say right there, live stream only 7 o'clock this Saturday, December 12th. The website, I believe, is davidarchuletachristmas.com. Did I get that right? You got it. Perfect. And $5 per household. So this is, it's but not still, $5 per person. No. It's not $55 per person like a David Archuleta concert should be. <laughs> this is uh, a great price. We're, we're looking at the $5 per household price. David, uh, and in a moment, I got a question similar for, to this for Kaysen, but David, $5 a household, but that's not necessarily going to David Archuleta. How do you feel about it? It's going to, to help uh, the, the music education American Heritage. I don't know if I'm breaking news to you there. Yeah, your reaction, I, you know, sir. It's, it's it's a benefit concert, and that along with they can send like tips as they're watching the concert too. That will also uh, go to the students. Oh, cool! And I think it's great. It's it, it'll fund the 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 musical journeys of these students. It'll provide them with the music lessons, instruments, and what they're aspiring with. And I mean. Along with that, even if people don't make a career out of music, I, I think it's always something beneficial to have it. Mm. Just works your mind. It gives you joy. It gives you relief. I mean, maybe this, the lessons can be a little stressful. I know my my lessons were a little frustrating <laughs> growing up, but oh, yeah. they were definitely worthwhile. Mm. And so, um, if you're watching, you and your family will be contributing to that. And so. It's a win-win for everybody. I think it's just a great, a great show with these great students, and also they're not just going to have a good show; they're going to be um, contributing as well. Now, now, David, um, when you were growing up, you mentioned music lessons, so I want to, I want to kind of jump in here. I kind of grew up the same way, where it was like I didn't have access to an internet to learn how to play. I had to go out and reach out to someone and have them teach me, schedule private lessons or something like that. Today's world is a lot different for musicians or aspiring musicians, and I think it's absolutely amazing that we have they have this technology. Now, I'm, I'm hoping you feel the same way, but I wish when I grew up I had something like that where I could have learned via Internet, via classrooms. Like We have like schools of rock now and just all these online and available things for musicians to learn from, and I just kind of want to stress how important that really is. Yeah. It's it's amazing. It really, I mean, the for me the the way I learned so much of my the songs I knew was actually from watching the first season and the second season, third, so on of American Idol, because that's when I was introduced to all these different genres and mm. writers and styles of music. I was like, whoa! Like this this Utah kid was just having his mind blown, <laughs> uh, hearing these soulful singers and stuff in it. And now people have, for sure, so much, it's so easy to have access to anything, any type of music, and even classes, it's just, it's, it's nuts. You can learn on YouTube and have people explain to you how to, how to define, ref, refine your technique. And same with singers. And how some of these singers can even give, they'll even say like, hey, I'll, like amazing singers will be like, Hey, I'm, I'm giving classes. <laughs> right. You know, it's, it's, it's pretty insane, but it's, it's awesome. It's an awesome time to, to learn 
thanks to the technology. He's David Archuleta. Also here is Kaysen Brown, the conductor of the Lyceum Philharmonic at the American Heritage School. And this this uh, program serves nearly 500 youth from more than 100 schools across the state, six orchestras, three choirs, students as young as five and as old as 18. It's an American Fork. And Kaysen, my question for you as the conductor, and there is a right answer to this question, no pressure. Which is your favorite instrument group of the orchestra? Aces. <laughs> Sorry. That's <laughs> wrong. Uh, so, so the, I mean, I'm a string player, so I kind of have to go <sighs> with the string. Yes. Oh, that's why Kaysen. I said bases. Kason, Kason, Kason. Uh, see, well, I, I know you were you were a saxophone player with a clarinet. I can't remember. All no, that. neither of those. Uh, the saxophone is my favorite sounding instrument. I listen to anything oh, okay. saxophone. No, but I am a uh, a, a veteran percussionist myself oh, and okay, without so the percussion you have yeah. nothing so uh you know we're in a fight now okay you still have a bass player yeah. everyone always forgets the drummer it's fine whatever yeah. everyone oh, likes well. the lead guitar the lead strings i don't know well, drums just, aren't important just give up one of those sticks and you can wave it around and be the conductor that's, <laughs> that's right hey uh both of you Kason and uh, david we're looking forward to this concert on saturday night thank you for doing it and uh, thank you for joining us here on while it is the movie zone people are going to be watching this at home Saturday night, so we thought it played well. And thanks for your time, and Merry Christmas to you both. Thank you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, you guys. There you go. Kaysen Brown, <laughs> conductor, and uh, David Archuleta. Again, it's this Saturday, December 12th, 7 p.m., davidarchuletachristmas.com. Just $5, and it goes to a really, really great cause. I think it's really cool, man. Those The live streams are going to be awesome, and I haven't seen any yet. I'm sure there's some, but I haven't seen them with an orchestra behind them. Yeah. This is going to be a unique thing, and I kind of reserved a story. I'm kind of glad I didn't tell it, but when we did the uh, Australia Symphony in, in Sydney Opera House, yeah. our piano player thought it was funny to grab a carrot and conduct the symphony with a carrot. Oh, jeez. Right? Mm. Right? Is that bad form? Yeah, I don't know many uh, orchestra conductors or symphony conductors that would do that. But. Yeah, it was bad form, so I'm glad I didn't mention that. But now it's <laughs> out there. Sounds like a Hans Olsen film review. <laughs> no, this is going to be a great cause, and I love the fact that the, the proceeds are going to help uh, musicians out, young, aspiring musicians. This is a great cause. And for $5 for a household? Absolutely. Load your house up. Well, oh, wait, you can't. Social distance. Hey, uh, before we uh, get out, we need to pay off our poll question of the week. All right. Uh, and again, thanks to David Archuleta and Kaysen Brown. Uh, to check it out Saturday night, 7 o'clock, 5 bucks, davidarchuletachristmas.com. But our uh, Movie Zone poll question this week on Twitter, at Johnny Lightfoot1, at Austin Horton, at Zone Sportsnet, we asked, name us a Christmas movie you could watch all year long. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I ran this question by my wife. Okay. Was it Nightmare Before Christmas? It was. How did I know that? And I am I have an internal conflict with that being considered a Christmas movie. What, what do you think it is? A Halloween movie? Yes. But it's, it yeah. also is Christmas. It's also Christmas. It has Christmas in the title. In fact, the main focus is on the Christmas holiday. Well, technically, it takes place on November 1st is when the movie picks up. Because Halloween, yeah. Halloween has ended. Yeah. November 1st, they're coming back. So, yeah, it's it's... It's it's a Christmas movie. So, but that blew my mind. But she could watch that all year long. So that's, that's a great choice. Uh, Evan names three, four Christmases. Yeah. While you were sleeping, which people forget that's a Christmas movie, True. and the holiday. Okay. I've never seen the holiday. That's with uh, Jude Law, right? I I don't know. 
I don't know the holiday, but uh, I agree with Four Christmases and While You Were Sleeping. Four Christmases is one of my all-time favorites, obviously. I've talked about it many times. Braden says Die Hard all year long. Well, yeah. That's the easy answer but, here, but, Braden. But, but let's go Let's go deeper. Die Hard 1 or Die Hard 2? Nah, just Die Hard. Because I actually prefer 2. Get out of here I with do. That. I prefer the, the, the whole plane scenario Get thing. out of yeah, here. No, I do. Uh, Eric says Die Hard as well. Jessica says Love Actually. Oh wow. I've never seen Love Actually. I hear it's pretty good and I'm I'm a I'm a sappy movie type. I might need to check out Love Actually. It's right up your alley, brother. Lyle says Home Alone and all year long uh, uh, he can watch it all year long. Sure, sure. Uh Chris says if you ask Gordon Monson he'd say Schindler's List. <laughs> good call. Do you know that story? I do know that story. Oh, when That's a horrible story. One year Gordon sat his kids down on Christmas Eve and said I'm picking the movie tonight and it was Schindler's List. Was that all 16 of his uh yeah. like the stockings we saw all the other them, night? Yep. Yeah, okay. But it's definitely Christmas Vacation says Chris. So. Yeah. Uh Papa Dave says Trading Places. Eddie Murphy. That's a Christmas movie? Yeah. I guess it is. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, it takes... See... It's th- in December, it, Christmas it, yeah. time. It toes the line for sure because it's right there at that Christmas time, but it's not a Christmas. Here the comes focus Santa is not Claus. on Christmas. No. But it is at Christmas time. Right, yeah. Uh, Same with Die Hard, I guess. Chadwick. I don't know if he's being serious, but he says, Ernest saves Christmas. Next. (laughs) (laughs) Ew. Uh, John says National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Tyrell Home Alone. Short Round says... Short Round. That's the kid from Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, Jones, yeah. Says It's a Wonderful Life. Ooh. mm, That's a great movie, but I can't watch it all year long. No, that's that's Christmas. This one I disagree with, too. Nurse Painter says A Christmas Story. That That's the same deal. That that airs like on Christmas Day. It's like Groundhog Day. Yeah. Every single day. So I, I that's only Christmas. You cannot watch that. No. Any, it's December 24th, 25th, and no other days for that movie. Correct. That's all. Uh, Landon says the answer is zero. No movies. Oh, no, no movies. Christmas movies. Okay. Can you watch it any time other than Christmas, according to Landon? Uh, Peyton says we watch the holiday all year long at our house. Yeah. Uh, Brannon lists several. Die Hard, Elf, Elf, all year long? I don't it's, know. it's funny, man. Come on. Christmas Vacation, uh, Die Hard, and yes, Die Hard is a Christmas movie, he says, and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, but Scovel points out that's a Thanksgiving Thanks. movie. We talked about that. We did, indeed. Same with Dutch. Uh, Your favorite. Post Stockton says there's only one answer. It's a wonderful life. We've got a bazillion Die Hards and Christmas yeah. Vacations, but here's one from Bucky. That I, I didn't think of as a Christmas movie, but it matches. Okay, what is it? And I love this movie. He says, I'm going with the holiday movie, Dan in Real Life. Oh. I'm not sure I could watch a Christmas movie out of season, or the cop-out answer is non-Christmas movie, Die Hard. But Dan in Real Life, it takes, it takes yeah, place it over the holidays. It does. Uh, Interesting look there. All right, coming up next, we'll get uh, into the archives, and we'll give you some little-known facts and factoids about one of our favorite Christmas movies. Predator. No, not oh. that. What is it? We'll tell you next. Stay tuned. That's called a tease. That's a nice tease. Don't go anywhere. This is the movie zone. Predator. No. <laughs> Christmas Eve will find me. You're locked on to the movie zone on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome 
Welcome back. Final segment this week here on The Movie Zone. He's Johnny Lightfoot. I'm Austin Horton. Our thanks to David Archuleta and Cason Brown. Last segment, check it out. DavidArchuletaChristmas.com this Saturday night, 7 o'clock, $5. You can't go wrong. What a deal. Uh, and that is our soundtrack of the week is David Archuleta Christmas songs. Now, Johnny, it's time for From the Archives. Yes, I love this segment. I'm really digging it, man. Last year or last month, all we watched at our home was uh, The Nightmare Before Christmas. Or in October, I should say. Right. Last month, we watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles ad nauseum. This month so far, I'm not joking, we watched this three times a day. Yeah. The Polar Express. It's so fun. Give us some unknown and little-known facts and factoids about what I originally thought was a very terrifying movie, but I've come to appreciate it more. The Polar Express 2004, directed by one of our favorites... Robert Zemeckis, starring... Back to the Future. Yes, that's right. Ready and, Player One. And we're going to get into a little bit okay. more on that. Starring Tom Hanks as the hero boy, father, the conductor, Santa Claus, the ghost on top of the train. <laughs> he was pretty much everybody in this movie. He was, uh, I've mentioned the father. Uh, Leslie Zemeckis was Sister Sarah slash the mother. Eddie Deason. Now, you, he was the know-it-all kid. And you might go, why do hey, I... Hey, you. Why you know that, what yes. kind of train this is? Why does his voice sound familiar? Because he was oh. Eugene from Greece. Oh, he was? That's the same guy. Ah, same yes, voice. Same yeah. voice. <laughs> and, of course, uh, Peter Scolari as Billy. Now, a little interesting fact about Peter Scolari and Tom Hanks. They kind of got their career started together in a TV show called Bosom Buddies. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved that show at the yeah, time. I yeah. didn't really get into it, but hey, you know, whatever. I've only seen an episode or two. So this movie is based in 1955. Does that year sound familiar to you with a Robert Zemeckis film? It does. Yes. Doc Brown and such. Yes. He has a thing for 1955, doesn't he? That's weird. Same, same year, of course, uh, that Marty McFly goes back in time. 1955. Back in time. This film used 3D motion capture techniques to digitally record the actor's physical performance before, quote unquote, skinning them with their <laughs> animated forms. Gross. That's why, you know, when I saw this movie in 2004, I looked at it and go, this is weird animation. Yeah, we've come a long way yes. since then. But it, you look back at it knowing that that this is like one of the first. It's it's really good. And it's, it's made in a way that seems like it was made more about the 3D animation than the movie but anyway that's just my criticism of it. I, I would agree but I, I do love I do love the story um, you know the tickets that the kids have yeah so if you uh, look closely at the ticket numbers they reveal the the number 1225 December 25 that's right 1225 referring to Christmas, Christmas. that's right <laughs> now if you know uh, Billy is the only person aboard the Polar Express passenger or crew member who is identified by name. Yeah, that's a, that dawned on me the other Isn't day. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Like, nobody, was, the main kid is Hero Boy. Hero Boy, yeah, mm. right? Isn't that strange? And he was faced and acted by Josh Hutcherson. Correct. Of the, the Hunger Games. Yes, but Tom Hanks did also have a little play in that too. Mm. Now, um, just lost it. Originally, Rob Reiner was to direct this movie. but he So it was going to be a comedy? <laughs> yeah, right, but he dropped out. And I have to say... That's probably the right choice. Yep, yeah, yeah. This is a perfect Zemeckis film. In fact, if you even listen to the music of it, you're going to hear a lot of Back to the Future references yes. in it. You hear little motifs from that, which I absolutely love. I think it's really, really cool. Now, there is an address spoken by Tom Hanks or slash the conductor early in the film, 11344 Edbrook. Sure. 
That is the real address of Robert Zemeckis' childhood house, which is in Southside Chicago neighborhood called Roseland. That's his real address when wow. he grew up. Okay. Isn't so, that cool? So all of you psychos out there, head over there. That's right. This was, uh, <laughs> let's see, this was Warner Brothers' first com- uh, computer animated film, and this film is listed in the 2006 Guinness Book of World Records as the first all digital capture film where all acted parts were done in digital capture. And, and again, it looks like it. Yeah, it does. But sure. then it was groundbreaking. Yeah, and like I said, even if you look back at it now, it's still groundbreaking. Granted, we've seen it a hundred times now, but just thinking that was the first, and it it's pretty good. It is pretty good. Yep. Yeah, yeah. The faces is all that bothers me. Well, going back, I overskipped one thing here. Uh, it had a budget of 165 million, and it made a worldwide gross of 313 million dollars. Rotten Tomatoes, man. I, I, they gave it a 55 percent. It's about what I'd give it. The fans gave it a 65. Okay. And I think they are both extremely low. <laughs> well, there you go. Little known facts and factoids about. The Polar Express. It's not as true to the book as no. you'd like it to be, but they had to make a whole movie out of a seven-page book. My favorite scene is uh, when Hero Boy loses the ticket. Which and, time? And and well, and when it when it circles and comes back to the train, how this what it goes through, how the the eagle captures it. Well, it starts with the wolf. The eagle captures it. The baby eagle spits it up. It, it rolls down the into snow. A snowball. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so cool. It, I love that. It is. Uh, well, uh, good work, Johnny. Thank you for that. You are welcome. Uh, for Johnny Lightfoot and our <laughs> guest this week, David Archuleta. Yes, that David Archuleta. Yeah, that one. Cason Brown. Yes, that Cason Brown. And Rob Diamond. Yes, that Rob Diamond. All of it. Not a bad day's work here. That's on the a movie good day. one, man. That's a good show. For all of them, I'm Austin Horton. Be safe. Be well. Be happy. We'll see you next week right here on The Movie Zone.